Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, it's Carrie here. Um, before we go any further in the case, we just wanted to drop in and let you know earlier this week, someone from this lovely true crime community reached out to me and Lauren um, to ask us to help raise awareness for a wonderful charity. It's called St Jude Children's Research Hospital and it's over in Memphis, Tennessee. The mission of St Jude's Children's Research Hospital is to advance cures and the means of prevention for paediatric diseases through research and treatment. No child is denied treatment based on... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ice, religion, or family's ability to pay. Uh, it's a wonderful cause um, and every little bit helps. So if you can donate um, or if you wish to find out a little bit more, 
please visit their website www.stjude.org. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this episode of Blue Murder Club. My name's Carrie and I'm your host and I'm accompanied today as ever by my lovely fellow co-host. Lauren, hello. Good morning, my dear. How are you? Not bad. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. Good, good. good it's you. finally summer. Well, it feels a bit like summer. It does, doesn't it? Puts you in a better mood. It, yeah, I'm loving life. I know we always talk about the weather, but <laughs> that's what we do in England. Yeah, <laughs> cup of tea with weather. Yeah. You can literally like... Be sitting there in the snow with sunburn from the day before in this country, can't you? <laughs> I was getting dressed this morning. I thought, what's on my shoulder? I've got, I'm, I'm peeling from last weekend. Nice. Because um, caught us out, wasn't it? We yeah. had this little flash heat wave and didn't realise. Um, yeah, cool. How are you? Are you right? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, not much to report back on. We had a nice weekend celebrating the oh. coronation, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And our friend's birthday. Yeah. So she had a good time. Yeah. Other than that, <coughs> not been up to much. How about you? Um, what have I been doing this week? I'm not sure, to be honest. I can't remember. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I felt. In the car driving over now, I was like, Carrie's going to ask me, what was I up to? What can I say? There's not a lot happening. I don't know. I went for dinner in the week with my daughter. She works for TGR Fridays and she gets 50% discount. Nice. So that was really nice, actually. <gasps> you know, you just like, I started preparing some food and then I was like, Oh, there's only two of us. Why don't we just fuck off out the two of us and get a sneaky TGI? So, yeah, that was quite nice. I love TGI as well. I love mm. it. Yeah, it's good. Really nice. They good. give you so much as well. You end up packing stuff up and taking eating nice. it the next day, don't you? Yeah. Like, yeah, so that was quite nice. And, um, yeah, other than that, I've just been at work, really. I haven't done a lot, to be quite honest. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like you say, I went up to London to watch the coronation. It got rained on, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We, it was quite soggy, but it was a really wicked event. It was really, really cool. We had a brilliant time. And um, then, yeah, like you say, we had a party for Jess, didn't we? Yeah. And that's about it, really. Yeah, so While nothing you was major. celebrating, I went food shopping. It was dead, so yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> got the whole supermarket to yourself because yeah. everyone else glued to the telly. Yeah. Nice idea. Yeah, I thought we'd use this opportunity wisely. Go. <laughs> So here we are, episode two, series five. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this series, our theme is around the world, isn't it? Yes. So we're doing Europe. And you yeah. found this case, didn't you? This is a French case. He's been on my list from Day Dot Case. Mm. I see it on, like the other guy. Um, I it's see on it. um, Unsolved Mysteries, yes. isn't it? On Netflix. And it was one of them that just stayed with me. Mm. And I kept, every time I'm trying, just try to frog march him in there. And, mm. But yeah, he never fit. But. This one he does because we've got themes and I love a theme. <laughs> so exactly. So this is the case of the House of Terror. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dupont de Ligionese family. Yeah. So um, super proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> they call this sort of case of family annihilation. Yeah. I'd not heard that terminology before because no. we haven't covered this kind of case before, and it isn't it a shame that they've had to devise a terminology for this sort of crime. Yeah. It, there's a few cases now, now knowing that term, yeah. I can kind of, um, what's his name, Chris? List, was it List? The List family? 
Watts, Chris Watts, that's Chris the one. Watts? Yeah, that yeah, one. There's, there's, that. there's a couple. Mm, unfortunately yeah. so, yeah. While doing our research, we've come across a few others, haven't yeah. we? So, yeah, it's, um, it's a fucking terrible thing. It is. Mm. It really is. But it's where um, someone in the family decides that life's... Decides on behalf of the rest of the family yeah. that they're all better off dead. Yeah. And fucking, it's a murder-suicide mm-hmm. usually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But this case, it <sighs> may be a murder-suicide or it may not. <laughs> dun, we'll dun, discuss dun. it at the end, yeah. won't we? Yeah, So, yeah, this um, this is this is quite a recent case, actually, isn't it, for mm-hmm. us? We usually go 20th century, but this is uh, 2011 this yes. case happened, wasn't it? Yes. So, um over in France, Francais. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Je you, suis Francais. Je suis Francais. Yeah. Je m'appelle Carrie. Well done. <laughs> Comment tu appelles tu? Ça va bien, merci, et vous? <laughs> ça va, oui, bien. Oui, ça va. Oh, my God. All that schoolgirl French coming out. Yeah, it's coming. You it's reckon coming. you're a bit French anyway, though, don't you? My great nan was fully French and she came over. She's got a great backstory. She was an orphan. Um... What, during she was the war, in slums. No, prior to all that, mm-hmm. I'd say turn of the century. Um, yeah, she ended up, I think, in as a, with the nuns, <coughs> and she trained to be a nanny, and they shipped her over here with a French family, mm-hmm. and she was quite a, with a well-off family, and she fell in love with my granddad, who was a docker. Oh, okay. And she fell pregnant quite quickly. Yeah. So she had to obviously give up the nam- nanny and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> had my, my great nan. Yeah. And yeah, and such is life. And that's where we're up, like, where my ex That's why from. you're so good at French. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish. I wish. I wish she was here now. I did try. I want to because I'd love to. Yeah. I've done all my lineage back from that piece. Brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. I'd mm. love to learn French just as a homage to the. Mm. Yeah. She was my favourite. She was so funny. Well, that little sentence that you just reeled off there sounded good. Oh, thank you. It's a start, isn't it? Yeah, it's a start. <laughs> start in the right direction. I'm doing that. My sister's doing Greek. And honestly, I can't yeah. pronounce our alphabet. So I'd have no mm. help with that alphabet. No, absolutely. <laughs> Why is upside down and all that? I'd be like, no. Yeah, so this case um, is, like, you you were going to do a little bit of a deep dive on his backstory, wasn't yes. you? The patriarch of the family, Xavier Dupont, yes. who actually was, um, but at the point of this, he's, he had a title, he was a count, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. We're going to be very careful how we say that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Ready? Yep, let's go. You ready to do this? So, mm. Xavier Dupont de la Delenguenes, is that right? Yeah. My back's got up, I've been practicing all morning. God's <laughs> sake. He was born on the 9th of January 1961 in Versailles, a suburb of Paris, France. He was from an old aristocratic family with a strong Roman Catholic values. And they are from an Agnonier, and it's a region in southeastern France. And they had notable ancestors in the family, including Edward de Pont de can't do it there, a 19th century France, uh, 19th century knight, officer and doctor of medicine. So he was quite a well-to-do guy. And he married Sophie de la Marais, sister of poet and politician. Mm. So quite well off at the time. Oh, their toffee nose is all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was, Xavier was a son of Bernard Herbert who was a count, and Xavier took great pride in his noble heritage, and he's got a quote saying, I think I've got a superiority complex. (laughs) You could call it that. 
I belong to a group of people who are intelligent, determined, balanced and in good moral and physical health. Such people are rare compared to the masses. Who said that? The, uh, Xavier. 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 Oh, what a prick. Okay. But I suppose if you're born into that kind of nobility, you probably do have the airs and graces, don't you? He just thinks he's so much better than everyone else. Mm, Him yeah. and his lot. Yeah. So his mother was called Genevieve Mater, and she was a religious woman alongside her mother. They gave Xavier a very strong religious upbringing. And he states that he didn't rebel like others, nor did he indulge in drugs or run after girls growing up. He he had this strong moral compass because of their rearing him mm. and this Roman Catholic guide in him. So, yeah, he's um, his friend at 16. He became friends with this guy called Bruno. And um, he said... Xavier was raised in a strict upper-class Catholic society that was a well-to-do, but also very conservative and quite stuffy, which we know now, don't we? Mm. So when he was around 10, his father tired of the claustrophobic society of Versailles and left the city, um, leaving him in the care of his grandmother. On the outside looking in, Xavier was everything bit the role he was made to fit however he was looking for adventure and he got quite bored and quite claustrophobic in there as well as his like like his dad mm. he just had enough of that a bit too restrictive yeah, then, yeah. i suppose when you're a teenager you want to yeah. spread your wings a bit don't that's you? right so when he was 20 years old he met angie's Hong. can you pronounce her surname oh agnes yeah um no i don't know what her surname Hod is Nanga, i think mm-hmm. it is but she was only 16 at the time kaz um, and although they claimed to be in love, he wasn't ready to settle down. So mm. he left town to look for the adventure he so desperately was seeking. And when he returned, he found Agnes had become pregnant by another man. An act that defined all conservative social norms and where they was at that time. It was quite a frowned upon situation like that he'd got himself in. But he didn't care. And he married her anyway. And he adopted the boy who he was named after as his own. So they didn't stay in Versailles for long. They spent the 1990s travelling around France as their family continued to grow. In the early 2000s, they attempted to immigrate to Florida but was unsuccessful. So although the process of um, lost the family a lot of money, they eventually settled down to what appeared to be a happy, quiet life in Nantes. Mm. Nantes was a very middle-class town where everyone knew everyone to say hello to and all stuff like that they'd all had this quiet just very middle class kind of suburb you know mm-hmm. um so the eldest child arthur was 20 years old in 2011 and he enrolled in a private catholic college nearby thomas the second eldest um child at 18 years old and xavier's first biological son was also enrolled in college studying music and the only daughter was pretty and an intelligent girl of 16 and she modelled from our older catalogues. Mm. I liked that. Um, but she was also really good at school. And she went to La Pavere, a private Catholic school, which she attended with Bernay, Benoit, her, Benoit mm-hmm. her younger brother. So he was 13. And people at the time said they were both really popular and really well liked. So Agnes, who remained really religious, worked as an assistant in a Catholic school. 
I'm so sorry, Mark, I've lost it. And so they seemed like a well-matched couple, but tensions were boiling under the surface, Kaz. They had been having really uh, bad marital problems as early as 2002. She complained online, Xavier is too judgmental, too quick to argue, too rigid, too military. There's no more tenderness between us, no more attention, no softness, no sex. When I ask him if he's happy, his response is the same. Yes, I am. But if we could all die tomorrow, that would be better. It's quite an horrible mm. thing considering what's going to happen, isn't it? So their marital problems worsened and in 2005, Agnes even filed a police report against her husband for assaulting Arthur, the eldest son. So he's showing his true colours a bit here. I think he's ruling with an iron fist. He's quite strict, don't you? Well, everyone said she was quite strict as well. They were mm. just in a, quite a... I don't know, they look like a loving family though, in all the photos. Mm. But I did wonder that about Arthur because... He wasn't his biological son, mm. but in all the pictures, Arthur's there. He's his education's being paid mm -hmm. for by Xavier, so it didn't look like Arthur was being treated surface. any differently than the other yeah. children. They well, even all look the same. I'm not going to lie; he could be doing it to the other children as well. It's just that she's reported this one to the police. You don't know. Yeah, I didn't see one thing that he'd done anything, <clears throat> anything to anyone. I didn't even see about oh. that he'd done that to Arthur, to be honest. Okay, but um. But yeah, you're right, obviously no one knows what no. happens when they're at home. Behind closed doors. Mm. So financial problems started to um, make the matters worse at home. Despite his aristocratic pedigree, <laughs> I'm so scared of that word, he failed to create a steady career for himself from travelling and all that. He really wanted some, well, from that lineage as well, you expect some quite high-ranking career, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I think from the travelling and all that, he just wasn't didn't put himself out for that career, and then just thought by that time I've got really loads of good ideas. Let's get them away now. So um, he began a series of businesses, including running a hotel guide and membership card program, according to <coughs> to sorry his friend who I mentioned Bruno before but none of them became lucrative. They relied mostly on money inherited from Agnes's family, but by 2011, that money was in danger of running out. Xavier himself had, like, just ploughed all his money into all these businesses, and he was getting further and further into debt, and he was becoming increasingly desperate. He had taken up a mistress in Paris, and he even had been forced to borrow... 50,000 euros from her out of desperation. In an email he had written to her in 2010, he declared that he was ruined at rock bottom like never before. I'm awake almost every night with these morbid ideas, like burning down the house after giving everyone sleeping pills or killing myself so Agnes gets 600,000 euros. In any case, my life will end in the next few months, and if it don't, and if I don't get, sorry, 25,000 euros immediately, most of the time I'm not in a dream but in a nightmare. I cannot escape it, of course, by doing something radical or fin uh, final. Wow. So it's very ominous, isn't it, that? What, did he write that down? He emailed it to his mistress. Oh, my God. Mm. Scary, isn't it? Yeah, that's a desperate man, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. So in January 2011, just three months prior to the murders... Xavier's father, the Count, 
uh, Bernard Hubbard de Pont de la Gne, mm-hmm. I'm scared, passed away. After he's dead, Xavier went through his belongings and left at his apartment. And as you say, so desperate at this time, Kaz. So he's looking for anything of value, anything at all. I think he was hoping he was going to inherit yeah. like, the family Something. fortune. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but unfortunately for him, his dad's blown all that away. He's died in poverty, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. So sorry. So um, he's just he's in just as much shit street yeah. as, as the son, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> so his father has also suffered financial troubles at the end of his life. He had been ill and had been living near poverty before he died. The only thing that Xavier actually inherited from his father was a twenty-two long rifle, which began using in earnest despite having never been shown any interest in guns before. So that is again another major red flag, isn't it? So Xavier obtained his gun license on the 11th of Feb and he began frequenting a shooting range just outside Nantes, sometimes bringing along his sons. While using his deceased father's rifle at the shooting range, his behaviour became even more suspicious. Records show that he bought a silencer for the rifle on the 12th of March and asked the shooting range assistant on how to use it and if he could use it in there. So I thought that was a bit... What do you mean in there? What, in the rifle in the, range? Yeah, in the shooting range. Yeah, so he's learning how to use it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, so, and the, the assistant obviously didn't find much suspicious because if you're buying things for the gun, you're not going to use it elsewhere, are you? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so after then, he starts purchasing really, really, really weird stuff, Kaz. So leading up to the crime itself, he purchased cement, chalk climb bullets, cleaning supplies, garbage bags, a spade and a trolley. Mm-hmm. Ollie, ollie, ollie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so in the weeks preceding the family, um, Xavier seemed to be preparing for a big move. Witnesses mentioned seeing Xavier loading things into a car in the weeks before he vanished. And according to a neighbour, she's basically said... It was suspicious at the time because there's no way all that luggage he's chucking in this car, the whole family are going to fit in there, let alone the dogs as well. Mm. They're not all going to fit in this car. Because they had two Labradors, you yeah, know. Yeah, two black Labradors. So he starts to pay off some remaining debts, including the final bills for his children's private schools, closing bank accounts in the Dupont Ligon. I can't do it. They put the name. The lease on the family home had been paid and terminated, and a final note was taped to the mailbox stating, "Please return all mail to sender. Thank you." Mm. But he starts as well, doesn't he? Leaving hints and tips to his family, saying that he's part of a, um, a protection. He's in witness protection. They're all moving to America, mm. and this is the last time that you're going to hear from us which is quite suspicious. So they're dropping little hints here, there and everywhere, aren't they, that they're not going to be there? Mm, Yeah. And that's all done by mail. It's not done by phone. And he signs the mail with all the family, like as the name. Yeah. Not just by himself or not by Agnes. Mm. He signs it as the whole family. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I got up to. Okay, yeah, so there's... um. One of their neighbours, Estelle Chapon, mm-hmm. she lives, they live at number 55. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the address is um, 
55 Boulevard Robert Schuberman, which is like you say, it's on the suburbs of Nantes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she lives, so they live at number 55, she lives at number 61. Yeah. So she's only, what, three doors down or something? Mm-hmm. But she, it sounds like she takes it, she's maybe like a seamstress. Because she, first of all, she met Agnes when she did some adjustments and alterations. Yeah. And she used to take in the ironing, mm-hmm. she used to iron Xavier's shirts and bits and pieces like that. And obviously, she over the years, she got friendly with the whole family and was familiar with their patterns mm-hmm. and their routines and whatnot. So she said on the 11th of April, 2011... She noticed that there was a sign stuck on the front door of number 55 that says not to post any letters and return any to the sender. And she also noticed that all the shutters were closed on the oh. house, which she said was really unusual. She she said their usual behaviour was never to close the shutters, even when they went on holiday. Um, they didn't bother to close the shutters. Mm. The shutters should always be open. So she that's flagged her suspicion straight away. Yeah. She thought, that's weird. Why is that post? Why is that on the door? Obviously, I, I, last month I had this, she never said anything about this. Yeah. And why the shutters all closed. So something's going on in the back of her mind, but I suppose you leave it for a few days. Yeah. Um, so, but she did feel uneasy about it. So after a couple of days, she's not seen any sign of life. Obviously there's, I think, all the kids live at home except for the two that are uni. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of coming and going. There's two dogs, you know, you can yeah. imagine like the dogs are going out for a walk a couple mm-hmm. of times a day and the kids are cut to in a frame. There's no sign of life. These shutters are down, this weird post. So she calls the police. I would like a neighbour like yeah. um, Estelle. Hundred percent. I mean, isn't it lovely to think that there's someone looking out for you? Yeah. Um. So the police, they turn up. They must have taken it seriously because they did arrive. They've knocked on the front door and there's no answer. So they've called a locksmith to let them into the property. They've entered. They've searched the whole property from top to bottom, and there's nothing out of the ordinary at all. The only thing of note is that some bed clothes have been removed from the beds, and it appeared that the family had left because there's no sign of life. <coughs> no dogs, no people, mm. nothing. Um, the Although the only car that was gone was the family Citroen C5. So obviously there's, I don't know, how many of them would have been driving at that point? The two older boys would have been driving. So I expect Agnes had a car. So it was probably three or four vehicles associated with the family. But only one of them, the Citroen, they had like a metallic blue Citroen C5. That was the only one that was mm. no longer parked outside the house. <coughs> Which, as you pointed out, isn't big enough to fit the whole family, the dogs and the luggage in. So, you're like, that's weird. But then you could get a cab to the airport, I suppose, mm. couldn't you? So, yeah, yeah, you could. Or maybe you're going jibs and drabs. Um, but yeah, so that was the only thing of note. That was the only thing that looked a little bit unusual. There was nothing at all to suggest that there'd been a violent crime. <clears throat> um, between the dates of the 11th and the 14th of April, letters started arriving at various family members and friends' homes from Xavier and Agnes, and these are the letters that you just touched on, but they're very strange. They stated that the family had moved overseas as part of a witness protection program, as Xavier had been a spy for the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency wow. in America, in the USA. I've only heard of the DEA because I watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. It's his. It's his uh, brother-in-law, isn't it? Walter White's <laughs> brother-in-law. It's the DEA. I'm like, never heard of it before, but yeah. Um, yeah, so like apparently he'd been part of some sort of like trying to infiltrate some drug ring in Paris. Right. That's the story that he was okay. weaved. I mean, these letters were like six or eight pages long. Jeez. Very detailed letters going through everything. But he did say, please do not tell anybody because of the witness protection. Don't tell anybody. And if anybody asks, tell them we've immigrated to Australia. Mm-hmm. So it throws people off the scent. Mm-hmm. No, we don't want people to know we're in the USA. 
Um, and they also pointed out that because the witness protection don't expect any communication from any of the family for quite a few years, you know, we're going to go, we're going to vanish off the face of the earth. Right. Um, Agnes's family doesn't buy this story at all. Oh, really? So they also contact the police who returned to the family home on the 16th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they only know, again, they notice that there's a couple of empty photo frames. Mm-hmm. So there's some like pictures up the staircase and they've got empty frames where someone's taking the photographs out of it. And again, they give it the all clear. Um, Agnes's family, they keep on, they're like, something ain't right. Agnes would never have up sticks and not told us. Yeah. Go back, keep checking. So the police return again on the 18th of April. Can't find anything. They go back again on the 19th and the 20th of April. And they don't find anything. On the 21st of April, the city prosecutor has called a press conference with information about the missing family and put out like an international warrant for any member of of the uh, Diligence family. Um, He gets a call halfway through this press conference and he halts it. He's like, no, sorry, there's been developments in the case. Halts this press conference and um, the reason for this is because someone's finally checked the back garden. <laughs> so in the back garden, there's like a bit of a sort of like a trellis coming from the back of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be built on a bit of a hill because behind the trellis, not a trellis, I mean a terrace, a terrace. So like a patio area where mm-hmm. you'd sit and have a coffee at the back of the house. And underneath it is a gap of about three foot and then you've got the ground. Um, someone's checked this gap. There's like a couple of dog bowl dishes they moved in the dog bowls and they found some freshly laid paving slabs picked up the paving slab had a look underneath it and they found um the remains of the family mm. um the bodies have been wrapped up in the bedding which was missing so there's do du- they wrapped in duvets and sheets then they've been placed in uh, the bin liners that you mentioned on his very macabre shopping list yeah. i mean that's a shopping list you never want to fucking read no. isn't it Imagine if your husband went, I'm going down the shops, do you anything? I go, oh, let me check your shopping list and I'll see what I need to add to it. And you see quick lime and a spade. Gives Israel keys a run for his money, doesn't it? You'd be like, see ya. Mm, I'm not going to stick around to see what you need that for. Because <laughs> apparently you need quick lime for just one thing and that you is can't. to disguise the smell of mm. rotting bodies. Fuck me. Does it quicken the decom process, doesn't it? I don't. you go... Yeah, I suppose so. Lime does, doesn't it? Eats some stuff, but yeah. yeah, I think he went to three, dif- four different shops to get all the sacks that he needed. That's I mean, scary. talk about premeditated, Lauren. Yeah, it is. That wasn't a man just coming, no. just snapping. No, he planned it for planned fucking it. Yeah. months. Yeah, that's why, like, when you said about like the date that he bought that silencer, mm-hmm. it was a month before. Yeah, twelfth of March, he bought that silencer. Yeah. Well, even in the email to his mistress, he's hinting at it. There are... When did he send that to her? Oh, God, I don't know. Was um, it in the same year? I think it was the year before, maybe. Was it? Yeah. Was it the year before? Let me check. Bloody I'll hell. You know. Yeah, have a quick look, because, I mean, I, I presumed he'd... I thought he started this plan when he realised there was no money to inherit when his father died. Um. So, yeah, this, this awful thing has been discovered. The graves... The state of the graves. Um. So, Agnes, mm-hmm. Arthur... Anne and Benoit are all in one grave, along with them. And then there's another grave, a separate grave for Tamar. Uh, Tamar was at university quite far away. So it's presumed that he wasn't killed at the same time as the rest of the family. The dog's also in the grave. He's bloody well killed the dogs. 
Oh, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah, it's bad enough that he's killed a family and then he kills the dogs as well. It's, it's like a total, like, like the word is correct, it's an annihilation of that family, isn't it? So the final letter received from her name was Catherine mm-hmm. and it was on the 9th of April 2011. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, eh? So that was, um, he'd already killed them. They were already dead by then. So yeah, he's not even, oh God, sinister. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, so, so yeah, this um, so they find all this. Also, it looks like a bit of a religious burial mm-hmm. because each of the people have got little sort of like Catholic kind of item, like a yeah. little cross or a little statuette buried with them. So it's like he's done a proper funeral for yeah. them, buried them under the ground. Now, in these letters, he um. He says, he gives them quite, like I say, it's a very detailed letter that he sends to the family. He instructs them what to do with their possessions and things like that. To go to the house, please put bits and pieces into storage and stuff. And in a very sinister way, he he adds, um, please leave the, don't don't touch the rubble at the back of the house. (laughs) You're joking. No. (laughs) That is so... It? Just, Just in case them, anybody's yeah. a, a got, got any doubts about whether he did it or not, he specifically mentioned don't touch yeah. anything at the back of the house. Yeah. Uh, yes, so they've discovered the graves. Every single member of the family is in these graves, except for the patriarch of the family, fucking Xavier. And he becomes the number one suspect. And an international warrant goes out for him on Interpol. Once they've done the uh, autopsy on the bodies... They discover all of the children had sleeping pills in their system mm-hmm. and that all the family had been killed with two bullets from this rifle to the back of the head. So they've all been killed. They've been killed in a violent way, yeah. which is, is very strange that there was no blood in the house, nothing at all. So God knows how he did it because yeah. there's no way. All you can do is speculate because obviously he's fucked off and no one can ask him yeah. what he did. Um, Agnes, for some reason, she did not have any sleeping pills in her system. Um, so, who knows, maybe she was the first one to die and then... she Yeah, so what happened was she was hooked up to a sleep apnea machine. Yes. Um, and it's determined from the, the time that stops moving, working, yeah. that she was killed first. Yes, but how can they tell she was killed first? Because they don't know what time the, the killed kids were oh, killed. Oh, yeah, there is that, yeah. So the sleep apnea machine cut out around about 3am mm-hmm. on, on the early hours of the 4th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was determined she was killed first probably because she didn't have the sleeping pills in her system yeah. so even though there was a silencer on the rifle mm-hmm. it, she might have been disturbed mm-hmm. whereas the kids wouldn't be because they were out cold with yeah. the sleeping pills makes sense but it's funny that he didn't drug her I don't know why he didn't no. and also I'm just trying to imagine like how he how he managed to shoot somebody in their bed and then not to be blood seeped in the mattress yeah. but there wasn't Lauren there wasn't like a fucking that's why they went back so many times because there was no trace that a violent crime had happened there wasn't one bit of blood in the whole place and even afterwards when the forensic team go in and they're scanning it mm. with their lights and they're spraying it with their luminol and everything there's no blood at all do you think he laid something down yeah he must have done but then how but then how did he do it with agnes without a noticing because yeah. i can imagine him like because he had that trolley, so he could have like got the unconscious children out of bed. Mm. Because also they were all dressed in their pyjamas. Every single one of the family were all dressed in their PJs. Yeah. So they must have been in bed asleep mm. when he started carrying out the murders. So all I can think is, obviously, he's popped them on the trolley, escorted them to somewhere where there's yeah. like somewhere plastic. Yeah. 
I don't know, a bit like, you know, in Dexter when he has that murder room and he just yeah. puts all the plastic up around and... Yeah. But it's all just guesswork because no, he's no not around knows, to ask. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. Um. Yes, but the neighbor, like I say, once they discovered this grisly fact, they interviewed the neighbours, mm-hmm. first thing you're going to do, and no one heard any shots. There was no shots at all. So the silence must have worked yeah. very well is all I can think. Yeah. But yeah, it is, a, it is a total mystery. There was no blood in the bedrooms, nothing in the living room. Strange, isn't it? And like, how can there be no trace of blood when five people have been shot? Yeah. Also, once they've examined like um, the plastic bags that the family were buried in, there was no DNA to link Xavier with the crime. So he's covered his traces really well. There's no fingerprints or anything at all. Picturing him just like um, thingy from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, right, yeah, because yeah, they had to make yeah. sure there was nothing contaminating yeah. the crystal meth, mm-hmm. so they were, like, scrubbed clean, weren't yeah. they? Who knows, perhaps, because this fellow, it sounds like he was planning it for a long time. He could have... Yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't have done it, to no. be quite honest. It seems like he did, based on the lack of forensics. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, you can see why the police didn't find anything at first, because there's nothing at all. If you walked into a house and obviously... The mattresses are full of blood because people have been shot while they've been asleep. You'd raise the alarm, but there wasn't any. So who knows? Listeners, let us know what you think. <laughs> There's quite a lot of theories on the internet, but I'm always interested in mm. fresh ones. So yes, here we are looking for the motive. A lot of this you've kind of covered, but I've got a couple of other bits and pieces because mm-hmm. it links in with his disappearance. So in the early 2000s. He had tried and failed to move the family to America. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of what was left of the money in this investment. Um, he started up a company. It was registered in Florida. And the advisor who was helping him set this company up was a French national who was actually settled in the USA very successfully. And he founded a company called Stratagem Netcom. Mm-hmm. Now, this company specialised in assisting foreigners with opening bank accounts and obtaining anonymous bank cards which allows them to withdraw money anywhere in the world without leaving, leaving a trace. Suspicious as fuck. So he's got a link with this person. He's worked with this person. So he's got this knowledge. Is all I can think. Because later on down the line, he disappears without a trace. So I've read this and I thought I'm going to add it in because this yeah. could explain a little bit about how he's got away so without leaving a trace. Um, in In... On the face of things, he claims to be a very successful businessman. But yeah, like you said, the truth is his companies have never been very successful. He he never seems to quite cut it. He was described as a salesman, businessman. He started companies, folded them. Um, and he just didn't really have any success with it at all. To the point where he eventually had bailiffs like snapping at his heels. The money had run out. And he was facing bankruptcy and it was all about to come crashing down. And he's a very, very proud man. Mm-hmm. He comes from an aristocratic family and he can't face the shame of any, everyone finding out that he's broke. Um, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a lot of pride, isn't it? It is. And pressure. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because yeah. Like I read as well, it's like a scales situation on mm. one end. He's got that pressure and that pride. But on the other, he's got the lineage of the family. Yeah. You get a hint on that. Well, he, when his father died, he inherited a title. So mm-hmm. he's a titled person as well. He's Count Savio. So 
but with them, he was the last person to be killed, wasn't it? It was his biological son who was going to inherit mm-hmm. the um, title. Yeah, Tamar. Yeah, so he, he he's, he's on a scale like he really didn't really want to harm the last of the mm. lineage. And on the other hand, he didn't want to mm. embarrass himself or his son. So he's like, you know what I mean? The scales are constantly tipping either way of what way he can do this. Mm. Exactly. So we've got a, a time scale here of what is believed to have happened mm-hmm. um, during that during like April 2011. So on the 1st of April 2011, 20-year-old Arthur, he is studying for an IT degree at a private Catholic college. Right, a private university, which Xavier's paying for, and it's not even his biological son. So I just read into that that he's mm-hmm. he's a decent guy. Um, obviously he isn't, but at the time, like most of his life, he's been a decent guy. Uh, Arthur also has a part-time job in a pizzeria. Now, on the first of the month, all the employees, they get their paycheck, and Arthur, like clockwork, would be in there on the first of the month to collect it. He did it that month, which was the first odd thing. In that behaviour, yeah. in like the pattern of the family, he always collects his paycheck on the first day of the month. On Sunday, the third of April, um, all of the family minus Tamar, uh, he's at university, quite far away, so he doesn't go. But all of the family, so three of the kids and the mum and dad, they go out for dinner and go to the cinema. Uh, they get home around about ten thirty. Uh, Xavier phones his sister Christine, and. Um, She's not in, so she don't or she don't answer. Perhaps she's in bed or something, but she don't answer. So he leaves a message on her answer phone, just telling her about their evening, saying he's about to put the kids to bed, and signing off by saying, "See you soon, maybe." <laughs> um. So yeah, being as he knows what he's going to do that night, he just wants to phone his sister for a chat. This geezer, I don't understand him. Mm. So this is Sunday night, the third. Monday the 4th of April, in the morning, Xavier puts in a call for Anne and Benoit at their private Catholic school. It says that they're not very well and they're not going to come in to school that day. He calls Agnes's work and says that she has gastroenteritis and she's not going to be in for a few days. Um, in the meantime, the children, their friends are obviously trying to phone them, contact them, text them, blah, blah, and there's no answer. Because even though you're sick, you can still answer a text, can't you? And you know mm-hmm. what's that message and whatnot. So, but there's no no contact with any of the uh, children at all, except Tomar because he wasn't at the home at that point. Tomar was staying with a friend near his university. Um, Xavier catches up with his sister mm-hmm. and they have a chat for a good thirty minutes, just a ca- normal catch up. And from his sister Christine's point of view, everything seems normal. There's no indication that some horrific fucking crime has that he's wiped out his whole family, in other yeah. words. He's fucking normal. <laughs> Weirdo. Tuesday the 5th of Thomas, uh, Tuesday the 5th of April, Tamar, um, he's he's staying with his friend at his university and his dad calls him and says, can you come home? Your mother's been in a bicycle accident and we you need to come home immediately. Um, he, they go for dinner and they're seen in the restaurant. The two of them have this like, Really, it's quite a fancy restaurant actually. It costs them nearly 100 euros. They have a really nice meal. I think um, Tamar has a sea bass. But um, the waiters, I think they must have interviewed the waiters. The waiters said they didn't seem to be talking very much. They're both pretty quiet. And by the end of the meal, 
they overhear Tomas saying, can I go home, Dad? I don't feel very well. So we think maybe he's already slipped the sleeping mm. pills to him at that point. Because at that point, it's believed that he's been drugged. If not, he gets Simon as a drink and he drugs him because he does have the sleeping pills in his system at the autopsy and then he's killed like the rest of the family that evening. So as you just pointed out, Tamar is the eldest male biological son and he would have inherited the title of Count but he's still gone to great pains to bring his son home yeah. a day or two after he's killed and buried the family and um, he killed him as well. So know yeah he, if he was that bothered about the lineage and the you know hereditary part of his life why would he kill Tamar because mm. Tamar's out of it mm-hmm. he was safe but he specifically yeah. called him in his friends received a couple of texts everything's fine I think about midnight is the last text they received from Tamar but then obviously they do get a few more which don't sound like him and he says things like um my phone battery's about to die and I can't, and my charger's broken. My dad's going to, my father's going to go and buy me a new charger. So don't expect to hear from me until we've managed to track down a new charger. And that's the last anyone hears from Tamar. So this is a man who is really covering his tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really thought it through. He's very callous, isn't it? Yes. Uh, during this early part of this week, the dogs are heard howling a lot. They're like, un- like more than usual, howling and mm. causing a lot of noise and that sort of thing but from the fifth on there's no more sign of the dogs so we know it's happened to the dogs dogs. um on the wednesday which i think is the same day um this is the 6th of april arthur's girlfriend she calls round because she hasn't been able to reach him on the phone so she's worried about him she calls round but there's no answer on the same day bailiffs knock on the door to collect debts amounting to around about twenty thousand euros there's no answer so they go away on the 6th and the 7th of April... Uh, Xavier is in there, he's just not answering the door. Right. On the 6th and the 7th of April, Xavier is seen by neighbours making several trips to and from the house to the car carrying very large bags. And this is an odd one. Two eyewitnesses swear blind. They also saw Agnes and actually have a yeah. chat with her. Yeah. They see her walking the dogs. It's yeah. like... But as we move further on to the story... Well, as we said earlier on, actually... The alarm isn't raised till the 21st of April. So this is two over two weeks later they're interviewed. So their memory, their memory, she can't have been alive then. Yeah. She can't have been alive. Yeah. There's no way. You do get that sometimes, don't you? Looking back, you can kind of remember a day, but yeah. not quite pinpoint when. Well, they, they were very specific. Was they were they like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, on a Thursday I have to collect my daughter. So I had to cut oh. my chat short. But because it was two weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. But they are... Eyewitness accounts are notoriously unreliable, aren't they? Mm-hmm. She can't have been alive because the kids were all dead by then. Yeah. Why would she still be living in her house when no husband's yeah, killed the children? She wouldn't be, would she? Unless he's a bit of Fritz or Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, she didn't have she didn't have the um, sleeping, you know. Yeah. Sleeping pills in her system. So, yeah. I mean, who knows what happens in that house during that week. If he's ruling with an iron fist, which I suspect quite that he is, he's quite strict... He, she could just be so scared of him and he could just be mm. imprisoning her. But then yeah. she's out walking the dogs, so that doesn't Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone heard the dogs after the sick. Yeah. So they were, I think the dogs were dead by then oh, as well. God. But like you say, he did he did use the quick climb on the bodies. Yeah. So there is diff, it's, it's impossible to pinpoint when they all died. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. It's all guesswork. 
But the fact that no one saw him alive after that meal, yeah, they obviously were killed that night. Otherwise, they'd have gone to school the next day, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's that. Um, yeah, Xavier. It's it's very sinister and quite chilling to me to read about the fact that he's murdered his whole family by the fifth of April, and he stays in the house for another six days. Um, on the eleventh of April, twenty eleven, Xavier gives up the lease on the house, pays up the outstanding school fees resigns Agnes from her job he tells um and the children from their schools and he says that they are due to yeah, sorry due to urgent professional changes the family are moving to Australia now Agnes's boss the headmaster of the Catholic mm-hmm. school that she's a TA at he immediately tries to call her like what's going on you've proper left me in the lurch kind of thing and he can't reach her no she's not answering her phone so there's so many red flags that something mm. isn't quite right here that this is not normal behaviour at this point, the letters are sent out and they are received by the family. <sighs> he says about keep away from the rubble at the back of the house. Lol. Yeah. Right, so here we are. This is him going on the run. He um he heads he so he takes the blue Citroen C five and he heads south to La Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Um and he just does a bit of a road trip for the next few days. He's using his own credit card. Sometimes he uses a made-up name, but he still uses his own credit card. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, he heads south, he takes his time, he appears to be re- revisiting his old stomping ground. So obviously he, um, like you mentioned, he was from the south of France, mm-hmm. his family had connections to the south of France. Um, he reaches out to an old girlfriend during this trip, but they don't meet up. Uh, eventually he makes his way to the Rock Bruin Sauron, which is on the south of France, and he spends the night at a Formula One hotel. And on the morning of the 15th, so that's the, that's the 14th of April, so he's sort of like done a bit of a three or four night road trip around the south of France. And on the morning of the... Oh, do you know what, Lauren? There's, um, 
there's a still of him taking money out of the ATM like the day before mm. he disappears and he takes 30 euros out of the ATM. And and I just look at his face and I just want to wring his neck. I think, you selfish mm. fucker. Right, there's you having a fucking lovely little road trip and your young, beautiful children are buried under the fucking patio. Yeah, you asshole. You yeah. asshole. If you think they're better off dead, then you're fucking better yeah. off dead. Why do you get to carry yeah. on living and breathing? Yeah. You selfish bastard. Yeah. His kids were fucking beautiful, popular, mm-hmm. absolutely living life to the max. Yeah. Just take his daughter alone. She was an absolute knockout. Beautiful girl. Every single picture, she looks like she's brimming with life. Mm. There's pictures of him like hugging her and kissing her. He was a really hands-on dad. He wasn't some distant, yeah. you know, away with the fairies. I mean, he did travel a lot with his work and stuff. But he was a really um, hands-on dad. Mm. Um, friends of the family described him as being a father hen as opposed to a mother hen. He was well involved with the kids' lives. They all seemed to absolutely love him to bits. And he loved them back. How can you do that to yeah. someone you love? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you can't. What's wrong with him? Awful. I just don't understand it. No. Don't understand it. I, I've racked my brain. I can't think of one... No. One... I know the reason's warped, but I can't think of one reason why you do it. No. And, and I get why he may want to... He thinks... Like, he did say to Agnes, I like the idea of a family all dying together. But he didn't fucking take his own life, No, Lauren. he didn't die. Yeah, that, no. that's the worst bit about it. I it's think. good enough for them, yeah. but it's not good enough for him. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I'm going to make the decision that they're better off dead in the ground. Oh, winds me yeah. up. Yeah. I could just literally just jump in that picture and wring his neck. Yeah. Get that rifle and put a couple of bullets <laughs> in him. <laughs> he does take that rifle with him, by the way. Mm-hmm. The rifle's seen on CCTV. So, yeah, on the morning of the 15th of April, he's captured again on CCTV, crossing the car park of this Formula One hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's carrying a bag that's got a long object, which is presumed to be the rifle, and he heads into the mountains of uh, Roquebrun sur mm-hmm. He abandons the car and he's never seen again. Um, so, when the bodies are discovered, I think on the, 22nd, on the 21st of April, on the 22nd of April... The CCTV have got number plate recognition, so immediately they find where the car is yeah. and they can see him and then they retrace his steps so they know that about this road trip. But that was on the 15th of April. He's got a whole week on them. Yeah. So that week, after he slaughtered his whole family but doesn't fuck off mm. and he's seen putting massive bags into the car, to in and throwing, he's clearing up his tracks. Yeah. He's... He's literally disinfected the whole house from top to bottom. Yeah. And he's removed um, all of the earth from the graves and obviously took it in the car and disposed of it somewhere. They never found it. Um, and people are saying, like, oh, he had a really bad back. He was 50 years old. How did he manage to to um, bury the bodies? He had a trolley. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He had a trolley to cart them out, but, like, to dig the holes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because it wasn't... But it was under, so obviously he wouldn't have been seen because it was underneath the patio mm-hmm. and there was a gap. You do, you couldn't stand up underneath it. You'd have to crouch down. Mm-hmm. But fucking hell, Lauren, he had six six days to do it. Yeah. So he could have had a nice hot bath yeah. in between, you know, a digging session and a loving, lugging. He could, of course he could fucking yeah. do it. Six yeah. days, easy, yeah. easy peasy. And each night he's probably having a nice glass of wine and a nice sleep in his bed. Yeah. What a callous fucker. I know. I thought you was going to call him something else there. How can you be 
How can Agnes be married to somebody Lana. like that and not have a fucking clue? Scary. It is really, really scary. Because you never know what's going on in someone's mind. What, you're, who you're sleeping next to? No, exactly. <sighs> Don't like yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's creepy. It's mm. very scary. So over the next two months, there's this mountain rescue thing because the woods that he's walked into, it's a mount, It's kind of a mountain range. There's cliffs, there's mountains, mm-hmm. there's crevices, there's... Lots of places that people just can go and live off grid. But he didn't take any gear, so I don't think he did that. What he's done is he's made sure the CCTV have seen him mm-hmm. walk into the woods with the rifle and he's trying to create the illusion that he's gone to go and kill himself. Mm-hmm. He's done one last road trip, revisited the places of his youth and, and gone into the woods and killed himself. I call bollocks on that. Mm-hmm. Because if he wanted to kill himself, he'd kill himself with the rest of the family, yeah. wouldn't he? He probably would have just wanted to be with them, yeah. be all together with them. He yeah. hasn't. He's planned this. Yeah. And I think on the other side of them woods, there's a car that he's fucking sorted out. Some kind of transport. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to jump in now. It's quite a well-known spot where he's walked into, mm-hmm. where he could easily pick up a train. Like, you know, one of them, <laughs> I've got an old-fashioned movie in there. Do you know when you jump on a train? A freight train. Yeah. 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 So he could have done that. There's, I think, shipping somewhere near close by. Yeah. He could have jumped on a ship. Like... It's all located right by where the mountains he's walked in. So you're bang on the money there, Kaz. There's a reason why he's gone in there because Mm -hmm. um, you can even carry on walking and get to Italy. Mm -hmm. And from Italy, you could get a a boat, like a steamer ship over to Mm -hmm. South America, which is most people think that's what he's done. Mm -hmm. That's the the most obvious thing that he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think think he probably... Someone mentioned somewhere there was a Pontiac car that wasn't found that's right. never turned up and I'm not really sure who that belonged to but it did make me think that um he may be because he spent so many months planning it on the other side of the woods had a car waiting for him maybe with some money some tickets because there was never a, a train ticket or a plane ticket and nothing was bought in his name mm. they didn't mention whether his passport had disappeared or not but he wouldn't be able to travel on that anyway no but perhaps he had some kind of way to get there illegally like an illegal immigrant mm. or something like that but he spoke he spoke quite good spanish obviously he's french and he spoke english as well so he could easily have just gone and integrated yeah. in south america he had the same sort of looks he's very like dark wasn't he, he had mm-hmm. dark brown eyes dark brown hair and um i think that's what he did yeah. i don't i don't buy for a second that he's going to take in his own life because he covered his tracks too well yeah if he wanted to just die why, why did he take so much trouble to cover up what he'd done? Yeah, and I think he's got a lot of people around him that are in a position to help him, um, money-wise. And as you say, like the credit card thing, mm. he's got he's built something around him. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he. I think he's more of a one-man band. To be honest, mm. I don't think he had any help. I think he's done it all himself, and I think he just thinks he's so fucking clever. But, but that all takes money, Kaz. Everything that you're suggesting does mm. take some money, and so he's going to have to get that from somewhere. Mm, yeah. I reckon he has got people helping him. I don't know. His closest friends were on that Netflix documentary, so I don't know about that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just think he planned it all himself, and yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's dead. I think he's still out there, and that's why they made that. Um, that's why they put him on Unsolved Mysteries, mm. so that uh, it would spark um, worldwide. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the world would be looking yeah, for him. Yeah, 100%. And I think it did. It generated a few sightings, didn't it? Because um, there's a monastery near those woods. 
So. And the um, I think in 2015, uh, no, sorry, 2018 actually, the monastery was searched, but it wasn't him. Um, in 2015, someone sent a photograph, which was a picture of Arta and Benoit, to, um, oh, I think it's like the police, wasn't it, in mm-hmm. France? And on the back of it, he'd written, I am still alive. <clears throat> and you said, didn't you, they got handwriting yeah. experts, but they, it was inconclusive whether it was mm-hmm. him or not. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because it don't rule out it was him. No, no. So well, that tells me it probably was him. And they did. T- he did take some photos out of the frames, didn't they? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, they did eventually. They did find some bones and stuff because there was like a two-month really extensive search mm. of those woods. They had mountain rescue, the police, you name it. All the every single resource mm-hmm. available was chucked at it trying to find this man. And they did find bones of other people, but they were none of them was him. Yeah. He still ain't been found. Um, in 2019, there was a passenger who travelled from Paris to Scotland on a, a um, stolen passport and they they fingerprinted it. Mm-hmm. Partial fingerprints come back with a match. Mm-hmm. So they found him, but they found the man. He, was nothing, he didn't look anything like him. It was obvious as soon as they saw him, it wasn't him. Yeah. And um, when they did proper fingerprints, it was, I think, partials. You can get a mistake mm-hmm. on, but on the full ones, it wasn't him. He was just an innocent man visiting his wife in in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine um, that, though. Like, you, you are really innocent. Yeah. And you're just going to visit family, and that happens to you. I'd be shitting my pants. Wouldn't <laughs> you? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think there was a sighting in Chicago. Someone said, oh, I'm pretty sure it's him. That, like, they'd watch Unsaved Mysteries and called mm-hmm. in. Because at, at the end of the program, there's a number, isn't there, to, like, call in. They said he was French-speaking and he really looked like him, but I don't know whether they got to the bottom of that one or not. Um, yeah, now, his his mother and his sister, they kind of believe his story in the letters. They do think that Xavier's innocent, that the whole family's still alive. They said that um, they were not allowed to view the corpses. And literally, within about a week or two yeah. of the discovery of the bodies... They were, they were, their funeral was held and then the bodies were cremated, which I thought was a bit weird. Because yeah, you think like, like that. why don't you hang on, you know, because sometimes years later you want to exhume them to check, to verify evidence, but they were all cremated. This is why I think St. Biggers a play, sometimes Biggers help him. I yeah. like a conspiracy, you know what I'm like. Yeah, so that um, his sister is, is and his mother were even speculating were the bodies that were found mm-hmm. Even the family's bodies, mm-hmm. but I mean, what the fuck? The sister's shouting from the rooftops that he's innocent. She's mm. written a book and all that. Say, oh, blog on. I, no, sorry, I've said it's a blog, it's not a book. Yeah. And she, yeah, she basically really says he's innocent. He had nothing to do with it. They're them bones. You cannot be telling me them remains were mm. that family. Yeah. She, yeah, she's adamant that. Someone else done He's it. set up. Someone else has done it. Yeah. And something's happened, yeah. Yeah, that, like, basically, it, it was right. He was working for the DEA. Mm-hmm. The villains have caught up with him, killed the, the family. Yeah. yeah, or or let us... Or, oh. Yeah. No, it's just too far-fetched. <laughs> because if they did if they did go into witness protection yeah. and they were still alive and well, mm-hmm. why would they 
why would they want so much attention on no, their family? You wouldn't, yeah. No, you, you would, wouldn't allow us unsolved you'd have mysteries. A, you'd have a proper cover it. story. It wouldn't just mm. be a handwritten like letter from Xavier. I think the American authorities would would have something a bit yeah. better in play, wouldn't they? 100%. Yeah, it's just, I mean, fucking hell. They wouldn't, what are they saying? That they killed loads more innocent people just to cover that these people yeah. were alive? <laughs> oh my god your it's brain's so hurting. stupid yeah. some people I, c- I get why she's obviously she's loyal to her brother mm. but what about to her nieces and nephews where's yeah. her loyalty there yeah so yeah that was the case it's a good case what are your theories then so I you're saying Xavier. it's I, him yeah he's still alive somewhere mm, I bet he's Married with another family, but yeah, now. I agree. I think it's him, yeah. but I do think he had help getting out of the situation. Mm. But yeah, I agree, and I reckon he's still alive somewhere. Yeah, living his second life. I think when so his too. family didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he planned right from the beginning that he wasn't going to die as well, mm-hmm. and he can carry on because lineage was a massive thing in his. It was Kaz, mm. so we can then have procreate, more kids. Yeah. have more kids, and they will be the next. But they won't inherit the title. Well, they won't, no. but Lynn, like, th- that bloodline will still Lynn, remain. Yeah, yeah, because that was a massive part in it. So that's, yeah, I agree mm. with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Apparently the name of it isn't Anomic Family Annihilator, where the circumstances of loss of face and financial ruin are the classic triggers for these men. Because he had no history of abuse, but you did find a bit of it. Mm. There was no arguments in the family. They seemed really happy. And he didn't have a criminal record. So it literally, he's gone from naught to that mm. in one fell swoop. But as I, I suspect again mm. that he uh, was quite a nasty man. Nothing's come from out about I, that. Well, what I read. Yeah. Um, and heard it wasn't the best yeah to be honest i didn't know that he had a mistress no that's news to me i didn't see anything about that to save face obviously you're not gonna like we know the higher ups you don't know much what's going on Mm. and i think quite a lot of it could have been hidden well hidden yeah so anyway i've done a six degrees of separation because you know why not i miss a bit of kb yeah, so here we are. Let's just, um, I'm just going to explain it a little bit. So there's a game called Six Degrees of Separation to Kevin Bacon, which Lauren and I like to play. That's why we have Kevin Bacon in our biog and things like that. So we are going to try and get a connection between uh, Xavier, the Count, mm-hmm. to Kevin Bacon, the lovely actor, in six steps or less. So this is mine. We've got, I couldn't really find a lot about him. So... Mm. He was born in Versailles, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So there's an actress called Marine Jahan, mm-hmm. and she acted in an episode of TJ Hooker nice. <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> um, which was like a cop show starring Heather Locklear and William Shatner. So William Shatner, famously, he's most famous for winning it, Captain Kirk at Star Trek, yeah. and one of his co-stars was George Takai. Yeah. Remember George Takai? He, he did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here years yes, ago. He's yes, really yes, yes. sweet. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. Um, with George Hakai, he starred in a really cool play called Eight. Mm-hmm. He was one of the stars of it, um, along with um, old Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. Brad Pitt was in it, I think. There's proper big names. Wow! But the star of it was our lovely Kevin Bacon. Hey, well done! Thank I you very much. I liked that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't do one this week. I struggled. Yeah. Um, 
I was looking just to see if Kevin played a cant somewhere. That's how desperate I became. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, If he ever played Dracula, that'd be perfect. Yeah, Count Dracula. Yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Could have done that, I suppose, couldn't we? Could have done a Dracula connection, but um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, cool. Thought I'd do that. Throw that in. Well done. I like so, it. That brings us to the end of our podcast, listeners. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying uh, Series 5 yeah. so far. We all like a thing, Kate. Yes, we, like a thing. we do. And uh, we will see you next week for our next country. Take care. Take care. Bye. See ya.